0: Thanks for joining us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development across our state. I'm your host, Jeff Brent, and this podcast is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. Developing and building trust as a statement sounds pretty straightforward, but the reality is that in the workplace and even at home, this can be a challenge. First, you need to define what trust is. Then armed with the tools to build it in your life, you are well on your way to building stronger personal and professional relationships. Justin Patton is an executive coach, leadership presence expert, and award-winning author who challenges leaders to use their presence to communicate with stronger trust both in the workplace and with the people they love the most. Justin's background includes teaching high school English for five years, managing the national training department for Anthem. He also has helped develop more than 10,000 restaurant leaders around the world, coach NCAA athletes and contestants for the Miss America and Miss USA pageants. And Justin also has studied body language from a former FBI agent. Justin Patton, welcome to Mississippi Prospects. Yeah, thanks for having me, I'm glad to be here. Well, we're excited to have you as well. You know, you're an executive leadership coach and author of four books. How did you get into this field? Because your path, we were talking about, you know, our pathways into our current uh, lines of work, and mine is rather non-traditional, but you have an interesting background.
1: Yeah, well, so I was a high school teacher for five years, But how I got there was kind of an interesting situation. I actually thought growing up, I was going to go into law enforcement, the FBI. And about 18, my dad had um, major surgery, supposed to be hemorrhoid surgery. Get him in, get him out, no big deal. And they actually left galls inside of my dad. And we didn't know that. And so he ended up dying of a major bacteria infection. And, you know, as an 18-year-old kid, I didn't know how to handle loss like that. And I just was—I just remember thinking, I don't know how long I'm gonna have. My dad was, what, 46 when he died? And I was like, however long I have, I'm gonna make a difference. And so I switched from law enforcement, kind of this FBI route, and went into education and became a high school teacher. So did that for five years. After five years, I got an offer to come teach adults in corporate America, and then ended up studying body language from a lady in the FBI. And so that's really where it all started kind of coming full circle. So, and then ended up at Yum Brands where I got to teach leadership across the globe um, for that company before starting my own. So it's been, definitely could have never predicted that this was going to be the journey, but very grateful that it has turned out this way.
0: How I'm going off script here, (laughs) Uh, but I want to know how the, the body language piece, because I read that in your bio earlier and I found that very fascinating. And I've, I've, taught body language for when I've done speaker training myself and how important it is. How has that helped you though?
1: Yeah, well, a couple things. So I ended up reading Janine Driver's book around body language. She's a former FBI agent. She started the Body Language Institute. So I ended up going there. But the difference between what you're saying and and what I teach is body language is a sexy topic. We all love it. But those people in law enforcement are trying to figure out how to identify deception or see what's, you know, what something's, you know, something's going wrong. And I always say that is not our jo- our goal in leadership or in marriage or with the people in business meetings. Our job is to connect. So I'm not out there teaching people how to read other people. I want you to learn how to pay attention to what your body language is doing. And are you showing up your best? Are you creating a Safe space for someone to open up for your kids to tell you the truth. So, I'm more concerned with how your body language is impacting your ability to communicate effectively.
0: That actually leads us really well into your latest book, which is Your Road to Yes. And I got a chance, uh, just got my hands on the book today. So, I admittedly have not read the book, but I have gone through it. And really, this is a book on trust. And both sides of it, creating trust, and also you know projecting uh, that trust, but also within yourself. So, you know, how, why, why is the issue of trust so important? How are you defining it in this context yeah. for the book?
1: So I always I define trust as the unwavering belief that you are going to have my back, and I say that's so important because Jeff, there were millions of people that woke up this morning that are in marriages and feel alone. There are millions of people going to jobs tomorrow morning who feel like their employer doesn't have their back. And I just think life without trust is really lonely. And I w- hope that in the in the space that I get to to show up in, I can help people figure out what are some ways to either build that trust in yourself or build it more with other people that you really wanna have that trust with.
0: Was there something that motivated you to take on this topic uh, in this book?
1: Yeah, there's two things. One is, I'm I'm an executive coach, but almost, I would say over 90% of all the clients and executive leaders I've coached, the core of every problem came down to a lack of trust. Usually with themselves, they might project ego and this over-the-top bravado, but it's usually this insecurity. Or it was there was something going on. They might have made it to the top from a numbers perspective, but their relationships are miserable. And, and and so how do I help them to say, you might be great at leading from your head, but what would leading from your head and your heart look like? And what could your results look like if you were able to do both of those? So I think that was the one kind of common denominator was all the clients I've coached. The other one was I was in the Denver airport and there. Um, a, pi- a pilot came off of the plane, went into the you know the, the gate, and he said, "Excuse me, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen." He goes, "If you're flying to Indianapolis today, can you raise your hand?" You know it's not normal. So we all kind of like look around, we start raising our hands, and he goes, "Hello, my name's Captain Dave Tuck," and he goes, "I'm gonna be your pilot today." And he goes, "I had been in the military," and he goes, "One thing that he learned was how." important it is to get everyone on the same mission before you kind of start any kind of journey together. So he goes, I want to come out here and just meet all of you and tell you what to expect. So he told us what to expect on the trip, told us our kind of his expectations for us. And at the end of when he was done, everyone in that gate gave this man this roaring round of applause. And I, I sat there and I was like, what, what did he do in 90 seconds? that so many people can't do, to build instant connection and instant trust. So that's really the core story that really started my journey was, what were the elements and the actions that he demonstrated that made us feel so connected to him?
0: Well, and I think you said one of the key things early on when he identified himself as a member, former member of the military, and if you cannot trust your fellow soldiers to have your back, carry out your mission, uh, you have to, especially in times of battle and war, but even in you know non-combatant times, I think that's probably one of the greater institutions we have for creating trust.
1: Well, I'm going to play off of what you said and go go a different direction a little bit. Okay. Is I have coached a lot of high performers that are not good team players. I know a lot of successful people that are solo artists that that might make it on their own, but If they show up transactionally at work, I know they're showing up transactionally in their marriage and the way that they parent. And I think there's a different way to experience life. And my job is I'm not here to change them, but to help them maybe say, maybe there's a different way that could bring you even more of what you actually say that you want.
0: So workplaces, you know, executive coach, and obviously you probably work with a lot of companies and and coach them. Workplaces are hold a lot of secrets, you know, especially at the management level, where uh, a lot of managers feel like uh, that knowledge is power, perhaps, and they don't share uh, with their team members. Uh, But in your book, you talk about how that silence, a lot of times, can be the biggest threat to trust. Why is that?
1: Yeah, well, because I, well, what I say in the book is that trust is your biggest competitive advantage. And if that is true, then I think silence is your biggest threat. And the reason is, is because once we get silent, we can't do anything, we can't move forward with in the relationship. More importantly, what usually happens is when people get silent, they start to get resentful. And it is hard to come back from resentment. And what happens is we never give people the chance to either provide tr- clarity, to ask further questions. Um, and so I think what happens in silence, we all retreat to our own corners, and trust can't thrive in that type of environment.
0: You also talk about starting with yourself, trusting yourself, and as I think anybody in this room can tell you, you know, self-doubt is inherent in most people; that we all suffer from it. Um, how do you begin the process of learning and understanding uh, and building that trust with yourself? And, and probably help me define it a little yeah. better.
1: Well, I do, So if, if trust itself is the unwavering belief that you're going to have my back, then self-trust is it's the uh, it's the, the ability to know that I'm going to have my own back, not because other people won't be there for you. It's just that I know that that no matter what happens, when the stuff hits the fan and it's going to at some point that I'm going to be OK, that I'm still going to I'm going to show up for myself. I'm going to put myself out there to be seen and so for me, the number one tactic I would tell anybody, you, your voice is directly connected to your confidence. People say to me, Jeff, they'll be like, oh, I'll speak up once I'm confident. I'm like, it don't work that way. Like, you'll never <laughs> speak up your whole life. What you do is you learn to speak up in your relationship and express how you feel. Or you ask your boss for what you want. And you, you go to the restaurant when they get the order wrong, and instead of sitting there complaining about it for 15 minutes, you say something, your voice is directly connected to your ability and your belief in yourself. So one of the fundamental things I think people have to do is to start speaking up. Um, that's just one strategy that I go over in the book. But to me, if you're gonna have your own back, you've gotta be able to say, my voice matters, what I feel matters, and you have to be able to express that in the world.
0: It's interesting, cause a lot of times people think um, they're being selfish if they're doing that, but really they're, they're being expressive. Um, and maybe it's uh, a little you know, bearing of their soul to to express that. Sometimes is is that one of the hardest
1: things? I think I th- I always say this: you have to love people enough to tell the truth. I also think you have to love yourself enough to tell the truth. I think sometimes why people don't is it, there's a lot of reasons. It could be I know people that are so empathetic that they actually don't say what they're what they need to say in the relationship. Or they'll say, I don't want to hurt Jeff's feelings, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna bring this up. But then what they're doing, that's really rooted in control. So I think you're going to feel a certain way. So instead of allowing you to express your own emotions and have your own experience with it, I'm going to take it from you and just manage that myself and just not even say anything. I never even gave you the chance to feel whatever it is that you need to feel. That's not loving, that's controlling.
0: So then is the next natural step uh, to build trust with others and where does safety come in to all of this?
1: So I always say that there's, if you really want to build trust with other people, there's three factors that you have to have present consistently in every relationship. It's transparency, which is what you were just mentioning around the ability to express your truth. It's tactfulness. So this ability of tact. So you're this idea that do you create safety? And then this idea of togetherness. Do you make people feel less alone? So you have to have transparency, tact, and togetherness if you are ever going to have high trust in a relationship.
0: Now, what are some of the ways that the trust maybe you've built uh, within yourself, uh, within your team or your relationship? There are also ways to erode it once it's been built. And its I think that's maybe lack of maintenance, perhaps. But are there ways that this relationship then gets
1: eroded once you've built it? I think, I don't think there's one certain way. I think, think about this. Everyone's walking into every room with a bunch of trust PTSD baggage behind them based on their experiences, their past relationships. You don't know what you say is going to trigger someone. You, But what I will say is this. The moment you start putting yourself before the relationship, trust can't thrive there because in that moment, it doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself in the relationship, but I would say if there was one tip I would tell everybody is, if you really wanna have high trust, you have to put the relationship before yourself. That doesn't mean, I want people to hear that, that doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself, but it means I I I value the relationship enough to come say to you, hey, I need I need some time in my, by myself, right? Or I need to go have, have a spa day, or I'm not happy in this relationship anymore. But we've got to be able to put the relationship before ourselves if trust is going to have a chance to survive long term.
0: You say in the book, trust is money. Yeah. What does that even mean?
1: Yeah, because I, what I remember my first job was at McDonald's and I had my first manager would say, come on, Justin, you need to speed it up. You talk too much, which I'm sure was true. But <laughs> they would always say, right, come on, Justin, time is money. Time is money. And I look back now you know now that I'm in my 40s and running my own company and I think I think it's a disservice when we say time is money. I think the bigger conversation that we should all be having is that trust is money. Cuz think about it, Jeff. If have you ever had an experience that was so bad that you stopped doing your you stopped doing business with that organization? Absolutely. I think, yeah, yeah, all of us. And in that moment, it was never about time. It was in the process of the experience, they eroded your trust. And so, and this is the thing that's so interesting to me about business, I hear so many people, they'll say, just leave emotions out of it. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because trust is a feeling. So we say we want employees to be engaged in the workplace. That is a feeling. We want our partners or our kids to to feel like they are safe. That's a feeling. We want people to, you know, to love us. It is all feeling-based. And um, and so to me, that's when I say, if you can create trust in your relationship, that's how you get loyalty. That's how you get engagement. That's how you get candor in the relationship. And more importantly, in the workplace, when a job comes open, they're going to look down the line and say, who do we think is already demonst- who do we trust that is already demonstrating these skills? Trust is going to get the next person the job.
0: Well, and we're emotional creatures, yeah. and if you're not expressing it, you go back to what we were talking about earlier, the silence, which is breeding resentment. And so I feel like a lot of what we've we've been talking about is communication skills and express, being able to express yourself accurately. Um, find a lot of people, sometimes they don't feel they're good communicators or they communicate well with others. Uh, and they'll struggle here. So then they end up being silent because they're not confident. Um, so it's interesting. I want to talk about the title of your book mm-hmm. uh, because, okay, let me tell you about what I expected I was about to open versus <laughs> what I got. Um, the Road to Yes. So I'm thinking this is a book on sales. You know, how to, how to turn all those no's you receive into yeses. And maybe there's an end goal in there to learn how to, turn a lot of negativity into positivity. Uh, But that's not what I I got from the pages at Mm. all. Where did the title come from?
1: Yeah, because I think trust is a really kind of, you know, this concept is kind of big. And, And I was like, how do I simplify it? That every day, if we could just show up every day in our relationships, how do I make it easy? And the whole point is, you have to be able to say yes to three questions. And those three questions are, do I take people with me along the journey? Do I create a safe space for people to open up? And do I make people feel less alone? Those three questions tie to transparency, tact, and togetherness. If you can answer yes to all three of those, that is how you know that you have high trust in a relationship. So for everyone listening, if there's a relationship now that is not going the way that you want it to go, ask yourself which one of those questions is probably not present. Do I take people with me? Do I create a safe space for people to open up and do I make them feel less alone? Trust can only survive and thrive when you can say yes to all three of those.
0: So if you've got one tip that you can share, somebody's takeaway, if they uh, happen to be able to listen to this podcast, what's your number one tip on building trust at work, at home, uh, wherever
1: it's needed? I would say my number one tip is, it is your responsibility to give trust first. Because there was a study done and they said, do you think trust is given or earned? And when they surveyed all these business leaders in the United States, 68% of people say, you have to earn my trust first. That is a dangerous game to play because everyone is standing around waiting for everyone else to earn it. And if that's happening, no one's giving it. And then we wonder why, why no one trusts each other. And so I would say, if you want trust, you have to start by giving trust. And that, and that the reason that's hard is because it says something you said earlier, it requires vulnerability. Because if I give it to you, I'm, I'm taking a risk. I don't know what you're going to do with it once I give it to you. But that is why you have to have self-trust. Because regardless of what you do with it, I know I'm going to have my own back and I'm going to be okay in the process.
0: Your road to yes, trust me. You'll like this book. Go get it now. Where can they get it, Justin?
1: Uh, on Amazon right now, yeah.
0: All right. Thanks for joining us on Thank the Mississippi Prospects. <music> Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Entergy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Mississippi Power, MWB, the Tennessee Valley Authority, Atmos Energy, the Area Development Partnership, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, Madison County Economic Development Authority, the Mississippi Research Consortium, the North Mississippi Industrial Development Association, and Rankin First Economic Development Authority, and produced by MWB Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDCinfo.